Podcast, Volume 8, Issue 379, we are covering Dyad. If you wish to play along with the show, the next five issues are Pilot Wings 64, Observer, Final Fantasy 12, Metal Gear Solid 5 Ground Zeroes, and Super Hot. More on those forthcoming games uh, and a lot more on the forthcoming rest of the issues for the year can be found at canandrince.com. Remember, if you support us on Patreon for just $1, ATP, or 90 euros per month, you can get the show a week earlier than non-subscribers. And all that can be found over at patreon.com forward slash Rinse. If you enjoy this show, then why not take a look at the others that we have on the Kane Rinse network. We have Sound of Play, which covers game music, and that's on a Wednesday. We have Playwright, our video game pitch podcast, which can be found on Thursdays. Uh, the Sausage Factory, with Chris O'Regan. Uh, where he talks to developers, which can be found on Fridays. Plus, we have Kane and Rinse streams now. Chris and Jesse uh, live on Twitch at 8p uh, 8 p.m. GMT time. You can follow us on Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and of course, please remember to subscribe, review, and rate this show and all of the above on Apple Podcasts, RSS feeds, smart speakers, Spotify, YouTube. You know the deal. Lots of places you can get this stuff, and you know those uh, parts of feedback really does help the uh, the team and can and grow. So joining me, Tony Atkins, your host for this issue, we have Darren Gargett. Hello, wobbly noises. <laughs> Indeed, and ah, oh, it's been a long time, <laughs> Sean O'Brien. Hello, 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 hello. <laughs> Where you been, Sean? Where you been? Ah, uh, disappeared, man. The hell out. <laughs> you, things that bad. <laughs> sleeping with the fishes. <laughs> Hibernating. Oh, indeed. Right, we'll get back to you in a second because there, yeah. there's plenty to, to discuss. So, uh, Dyad. Um, 3D tunnel, shooter, racer, arcade, puzzler, music game. Not a rhythm action game. <laughs> That's longer what, than Metroidvania as a, as a yeah, trailer. So yeah. Despite what you may have heard on the internet, it's not a rhythm action game and once again we will get deeper into what dyad is but what is dyad as a meaning i mean the title dyad is a word it's a word that is used across many places um well and i say many it's you know it can be found if you look on wikipedia etc as a you know it's sociology where there's a group of two people or uh, in genetics it means symmetry um, probably closest I came to what it could have a meaning towards this game mm. is um, in music. It means a set of two notes or pitches, which, considering this isn't a rhythm action game, maybe or maybe mm-hmm. doesn't count. But, you know, it's probably closest. Either so, it's... Um, and it is diet, isn't it? We we, we haven't got a funky pronunciation of it at all, have we? Like diad, 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 yeah. diad. I've heard on the internet diad, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure it's not that. Nope, so, nope. Diad. Diad. We're going with diad then. So... Dyad, indeed. This is a odd game for us to cover, and there is a very good reason we are covering this. This, 
is almost a practical joke within the Kane and Rince, <laughs> uh, <laughs> network. Now, don't no. Of course, every game deserves its place. If we pick it for the show, there's a reason it gets picked for the show. But Dyad, mm-hmm. in particular, back when Sean was a, a full-time contributor to uh, the Kane and Rince, uh production, um, he always talked about Dyad. Always talked about Dyad. He's like, is it as good as Dyad? Is it like everything come out? But is it as good as Dyad? And we always joked with Sean. One day, Dyad will make this the illustrious come off the illustrious list and become a full blown episode just for him. And because he's not been around quite as much as we would have liked uh, these days, he's been in the background. He's still on our uh, Discord, causing trouble every now and again. Um, we decided to pick this one out and actually have a show just for Sean to come back on and speak upon. Um, ironically, Sean. Um, ironically, um, Leon should have been hosting this show, but strangely, at the last moment, he couldn't make it. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I so, tried to duck out to make you it. You tried a, to duck out. So it was just going to be me and Sean talking about yeah. this game. It would have been a dyad podcast, but you ruined it, and you got three of us in. <laughs> so well uh, done. So anyway, I, I decided to take over the reins purely to make sure the show did actually happen, and Sean have his game in the limelight that he's so desperately wanted for many, many years. <laughs> um, no pressure, Sean. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's but fine. We did play this game just for you. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And, you <laughs> know, Finally. There is plenty to talk about. So, who made this game? Well, a developer called Right Square Bracket Left Square Bracket. Nope, that is that is actually the name of the developer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, published by uh, Right Square Left uh, Bracket Left Square Bracket. Um, so, self published. Uh, designer was Sean McGrath. Um, who also designed Shank. I believe he did programming on M++ mm-hmm. and some bits on Fez as well, um, which are equally very, very good games. You know, this, those, those games mm-hmm. are very, very good and challenging. And I believe you're a big fan of M++, aren't you, Sean? Oh, yeah. I remember? Yeah, big time. Oh, yeah. I, I wouldn't have played M++ if it wasn't for this game. I mean, I, I, I can't say that for sure, I guess, but I, hadn't, I wouldn't have heard of it if I wasn't already following uh, McGrath. Cool. The game, do you know this surprised me? The game was released um, in North America on July the 17th, 2012, and yeah, it took a few more months to get to Europe, November the 7th, 2012. I didn't quite realise it was that old. Obviously, we've been talking about it for a, for a few years, but... Yeah, we're old, man. I know, well, it, it is becoming a reality. <laughs> and actually, I mean, that's <laughs> PlayStation 3, so yeah, we're, we're talking like that. Yeah. We're getting almost a couple of generations yeah, no, <laughs> back, but... Um, but that surprised me because I had to um, had to get the PlayStation Three out to um, to play this game because it you know mm. although it was um, also released on the Windows PC back in uh, April twenty fourth from twenty thirteen, um, I wanted to play it on the you know on the, the platform it seemed to be designed for. I mean it was a PlayStation Three exclusive mm. uh, for for quite a while before hitting the Windows uh, Store, um, and it felt right to to you know go back to the place where it was birthed. So I had to, uh, yeah, un, un, you know, get the old piece of PS3 dug out and actually buy the game off the PlayStation Network. Um, you know, many years down the line, I'm input on my car details that were completely out of date, etc. <laughs> yeah. But it put a little uh, smile to my face. So yeah, it's um, so what's that? That's seven, eight yeah. years, seven years old. Yeah, yeah, a bit more. Um, the reviews, pretty positive. Uh, PlayStation Three, eighty-four point. Four seven percent across twenty nine reviews. There, uh, the PC fared a little less, but eighty two percent, but only across three reviews. Uh, 
the game actually won an audio design award at the Indiecade 2012 and doing uh, you know, looking at the game around you know different parts of the internet it was a game that had actually kind of sprung out a lot of the the Indiecade scene and mm-hmm. um, you know small development scene it, it seemed to have picked up um a lot of steam over that that period of time of people being interested in it and i think yeah. yeah that's essentially what got the project uh over the line it, you know, when you listen um to sean mcgrath talk talk about it it's a it's a game it's you know he had a bunch of ideas in his head and wanted to get it down and programmed onto a piece of paper and it took you know the best part of it, it was like three years from from like work out between having a single programmer helping him out and having people help him out with the design and yeah, many of these indie products that just take far longer and more money than uh, I think most people expect a kind of a not quite on rail shooter, but you know a, a simplistic shooter in its own right mm-hmm. to be. So. Yeah, yeah, and at the time, Canada's indie scene was kind of booming, or really was get kicked off. Like you had Fez around the same time, and then mm. Dyad, Sound Shapes, like they mm. these guys kind of all know each other and kind of help promote each other. But I, I think. Phil Fish and, and company got, you know, in hot water with everybody as, as he's one to do. Um, but <laughs> it was a special uh, time that though, wasn't it? it yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that was the, the breakthrough of the indie scene on, exactly. on the consoles. And mm-hmm. that's a, you know, a powerful marketing tool in its own right. You do wonder, you know, obviously in today's marketplace where everything seems to be hitting, mm-hmm. you know, any of the stores that, you know, whether it may have been, you know, buried in the, uh, in the pack, but, you know, yep. it, it probably would be a very different game now. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, it, and he got, so he was part of the, I think they still have it. It's called like the PlayStation Pub Fund, where it mm. was like mm. they would get a certain amount of money straight from Sony to make it exclusive for their, uh, their, their whatever. I can't remember what the program was called, where it was like their response to Summer of Arcade. So like when, you know, Xbox to Summer of Arcade was like a killer like program yeah. that it kills me that it's not still around. But um. You know, there came came like about a couple years later, and it, this was one of the games that was in there, and Sound Shapes, and uh, I can't remember. There were two other ones for that year. So that you know, you got they got like to be this indie game, and still got the promotion from the company, not just a like they do today, where it's just you get a blog post probably, <laughs> and maybe your your trailer goes up on YouTube, but you don't really get much marketing push as they used to back in these days. It's, that's I mean that's an issue that has plagued something like the Steam Store mm-hmm. forever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it, it, it not to sidetrack for two seconds because you know, but it, it is something that I think has become more and more of a problem. Actually, yeah, I, I think word of mouth is something that obviously really does help these developers mm-hmm. and, the, and these games. And actually, what I do remember about Diet, obviously you talking about it in the background, but not mm-hmm. just that. You know, people across the internet saying that this is a really interesting game. You should check it out. And mm-hmm. you know, I always think that. The cream of the crop generally does rise yeah. to the surface, mm-hmm. even in a in a crowded marketplace. Mm-hmm. But obviously, there's always exceptions to rule. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, diff- very different time, and and mm-hmm. yeah, kind of a time, kind of miss a little bit. Although yeah, there is I so many, do. so many new games. I think you just have to, you know, put the blinkers on and kind of just look a bit harder to find mm-hmm. them. Because yeah, every game's got its own little charm, even if it's a terrible game. Just yeah, yeah, I've I've had. Many a, f- a funny night, even playing a terrible game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> haven't we all? Haven't we all? Indeed. So, um, a little bit, a little bit about the um, the concept of this 
this game for people that you know aren't familiar with it i think it's probably worth you know if you if you've not seen this jumping on uh, youtube and having a quick look of actually seeing what we're talking about because it's going to be a little bit difficult to explain but like, we'll do our best so the, the basic premise of the game revolves around momentum by using the action button the player is able to pull themselves from one enemy to the next as they fly down the screen the concept grows in complexity throughout its 26 levels from using combos to fill up the special meter to being forced to rely on sound to differentiate the icons on the screen there's a number of games similar to this um, if not exactly the same over the years um, in fact all the way back um, as a possible influence is Tempest back in 1981 Gyrus back in 1983 and Color Space in 1986 all those games um, feature uh, the ability to kind of move around uh, the kind of the, the 3d space in the center of screen so if you could imagine a tunnel uh, filling the center of the screen, being able to move you know, exactly around that kind of tunnel. Uh, in the case of kind of um, gyrus, you know, you're more of a space, you know, an aircraft within mm-hmm. the sky. But you know, same principle of just being able to move 360 degrees around the screen, not being stuck on a single plane, but being you know, being you know, aware of your surroundings all around and being able to control those surroundings all around you. So it's not a unique idea. I mean, it's been done. I can even think of games like um, Roll Cage to, to, to put it in a completely different context of a, a racing game, kind of using mm-hmm. the environment right way around you. Um, a definite influence is Taurus Trooper, Sean. Yeah, um, he's mentioned this before in a couple of interviews, and it's a, it's, a, um, it's a game by Kenta Cho, I think is his name, mm-hmm. who, who, who's done uh, a few games like this. But it's, it's, if you look at gameplay... Uh, footage it's it you can definitely see the influence here where it's it's similarly like a tunnel and um, you're kind of flying down shooting tunnels it's not the same as like like as like i think what dia makes it stand out what makes dia stand out is the whole like pulling aspect mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. whereas all these other games like all these jeff minter games space draft tempest and you know all these it's, you're shooting something and it's dying like as as you're going the level continues to go but you're staying on this one spot shooting everything and dying and um so that's kind of the Taurus Trooper is the one that has at least like it's a full circle tunnel going down. And his whole thing was that he didn't really like that game, um, but he wanted to kind of make a similar game and see if he could fix the things that he didn't like about it. <laughs> well, you always have influences. I, yeah. Once again, you know, just by looking around, just gain knowledge. You know, nothing is 100% original now. Of course. It's, yeah. it's just mm-hmm. yeah, everything has an influence of, of one thing. Even mm-hmm. if you do go with the the headspace of okay well you know i think i can do better you know mm-hmm. yeah sure that's yeah that's a, a bold claim to make because mm-hmm. everything's always harder than you imagine it and you know he's quick to himself admit that this was a harder project than he mm-hmm. previously imagined so there's other games similar to this although not the same um, i'm thinking they are more rhythm based for me it's a frequency mm-hmm. amplitude which is probably a you know slightly better known games a- a- across the internet yep. um audio surf um the Jeff Minter collection of many things, but Space Giraffe. Mm-hmm. Space I Giraffe mean, is like literally mentioned in this game and yes. on one level. So. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. But indeed, if you can if you can work out Space Giraffe, now there's a game that we should cover. <laughs> yeah. For games. yeah, oh my God. Um, yeah. Bless you. Because <laughs> even going back and just, uh, you know, it's trying to see the comparisons. Oh my 
Good God, it's yeah. Space Giraffe. It, that, he, he is a man of his own vision. <laughs> <laughs> there was a game on the Spectrum or Commodore or, you know, that kind of era of a game, which was a tunnel shooter, very much similar, you know, to, to like Tempest and that. But I can't remember the actual name of it. I want to call it Disco Dan, but I don't think that's the game <laughs> I'm thinking it is. But it was definitely had like a, a disco aesthetic and you're a man like kind of running on this kind of tubey cylinder mm-hmm. thing, you know, away from the screen, so to speak, and shooting stuff. But yeah, like... This this genre of game is really like perplexing to me because every time I look at it, I just don't know really what I'm looking at. And mm-hmm. even though we're talking about you know this game today or tonight, whatever, like I don't think we'll ever do it justice. Or you know, as a podcast, not to just completely write off the podcast already, but like that you can't really put this game into words as well as the game itself <laughs> can do the talking. If yeah. you know what I mean, like yeah. it's just such an abstract piece of software, like. And it's always been on my um on my to do list, you know. I got it in a humble bundle, I think, because I looked at my Steam history and it was like three games added on the twelfth mm, July. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's like okay, that that's just to me a humble bundle deal, cool. And mm. yeah, my older brother was always enthusiastic about this game, saying, "Oh, the music's brilliant," you know, and the the, the game's just uh, it's just bonkers. It's like oh, I'll get around to it one day, and I've always dabbled with it. And then seeing it on the list, you know, for this volume, I was like, right, now's the perfect excuse to. Mm-hmm. was through it but I've st- even though i've come out the other side of dyad and i do think it's kind of that kind of experience like a tetris effect kind of thing i'll come out the other side and get yeah. I-, I did that okay why what happened what was it yeah, yeah. But, yeah. But at least tetris you have a ground in you know there's a ground knowledge course, there. yeah it's tetris yeah. right there i mean that yeah. hasn't changed, line up the blocks and yeah. make it you know fall yeah uh, i think that ultimately it's, it's, is is a is a problem for this game uh, the genre, any, right? any kind it's of publicity not, yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's not too. just this game i mean all sure, those games yeah. if you go back you know just looking through some of the, the clips and you know, refreshing my mind and it's just yeah all those games have yeah. have that element of um or well, certainly the, the later but you know to the point where i think jeff minter takes it to the absolute extreme of <laughs> yeah. there's so much audio visual sensation going on the screen that yeah. actually anybody watching you from behind is going what are you even yeah. attempting to but, achieve of course yeah. <laughs> being inside the game you understand the mechanics uh-huh. but there is that you know abstract element that you say if you were to to trying to promote this you, know, mm-hmm. you either make it incredibly simple by showing the absolute bare basic bones of the mm-hmm. first level of like well here but by the time yeah. you get to the back end of the game and you've put systems on systems on systems mm-hmm. um, which actually this game doesn't do too badly um we'll get into that I, I just think it's brilliant that we can have um, uh, an entertainment medium such as video games and we've been in it for how long, you know, and we still can't really describe every single type <laughs> yeah. of game. Like, what kind of game is it? It's got circles and it's shapes and you go really fast. <laughs> we don't know what it's called. And you're like, how good is that? I mean, it's probably not good for the guy who made it or the people who made these games and their sales come back at like four yeah. copies sold. You're like, oh, sorry. Sorry about that. Trippy space but, shooter. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. even that doesn't really do it justice. Like, like we need to properly work on our... Um, our, our subgenres and genres. Yeah, but there there is games that fall into those, isn't it? So it's not shrub, 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 shmup, shmup, shmup. So it's not a shmup, is it? The, it's it's you know, it's very it's different style to that. It's it's not a rhythm game, which ha- I think do have that have their own kind of you know genre yeah. kind of built into it. It it's the one that kind of crosses you know into that. So uh, it it's a game that you know recently I played a game called uh, Polybius. Um, yeah, Jeff Minter again. Yeah. Jeff Minter again, and absolutely, <laughs> it it shares similarities to, to mm-hmm. Dyad. Um, you know, so new games like this are coming out all the time, um, and I think it is just one of those ones. If you if you do fall in love with the mechanics and do understand what is being presented to you on screen, then you you fall in love with them quite heavily mm. because it 
from the outs, you know, from the outside, there's there, there can almost be a barrier. And I had that with uh, Polybius for, oh, I probably played that game for about five, six hours. And the first two hours, I was just stonewall cold on it. I was. Like, was you in VR by any chance? I was. Mm. Um, <laughs> but that, I mean, that once again, that that heightened many elements of it. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. no. But then I had Leon on the other side saying, look, stick with it. It does get really good. You just need to <laughs> give it time to kind of get into your skin, and mm-hmm. it and it was like two or three hours in, I was I understood the mechanics of it, mm-hmm. and I got quite deeply involved in it. And yeah, you end up score chasing all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, it's it's a genre of its own. And I, but yeah. I do think you know if you're if you're if we have Peter interest, probably go and watch a video first. But, yeah. um, and I think I worked it out. Context. I've sussed it. You know, at school fates, when you're a kid, right, you've got this game where you've got a long tube and you, they put a sock through the top full of, like, beans or something. And as the sock comes out the other side, you've got to smack it, right? That is what these kind of games are to me. It's just like, it's just bundling down a tube at a million miles an hour and you, just whatever happens on the other side, it doesn't matter because yeah. you've had a good time in the, in the, it's the suspense in the tube. Yeah. That's what these games are called to me, like suspension <laughs> tube games or something because with Dyer, like, I literally, I, I, I had to play this game with headphones on, you know, mm-hmm. for, for better, you know, well, just to complete the experience because yeah. I found that coming up through an external speaker in the room just didn't really do it justice. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure there are like, you know, systems to do that, but I haven't really got that capacity. So headphones are on and I, I played it for, you know, probably about 40 minutes at a time because it really does start to bend your mind a bit. Mm-hmm. But I, at some point I would come off and I was like, I, I was so like, jazzed and pumped for like just mm-hmm. just doing stuff I, it just got me so rolled up yeah. and i felt like i've been pulled down like my earphones at some point like the, the tube in the game in question mm-hmm. felt like me being pulled down my earphones and through the wire like I, that's <laughs> that's honestly like my my mm-hmm. visual representation mm-hmm. of this game has just been dragged through some sort of cable yeah. and just this absolute chaos is, is <laughs> going on around you well I, I think one way to to compare it to other games for maybe for people who aren't, aren't familiar with what we're talking about i think the one thing that this game does have that most games or a lot of other games do have is that flow state feeling where eventually like the problem i think with diet is that some of the levels are too short for you to really like lose yourself on some, mm-hmm. some of them definitely and especially for eye of the duck like for me that's where i kind of lose it but um it definitely gets that same kind of flow state where you just at some point you kind of forget what you're doing and you're just like in it in the zone mm-hmm. um and there's you know plenty of other games like that a lot and it's almost always like score chasing kind of stuff like next machina or um you know any countless of, of score chasing kind of games mm-hmm. I, I definitely participated in a, a tad score chasing this <laughs> yeah yeah so let's talk about some of the mechanics. So we had a piece of foreign correspondence from Simon Sloth. He has an opinion, and we'll lead from that uh, mm-hmm. because you know I think it's an understandable opinion actually. Mm-hmm. So Simon Sloth writes: There are plenty of games which are quite demanding on hand-eye coordination, but I feel with time I can master them. In Dyed, whenever I managed to link any sort of combo together, the game became a blur, which my brain was not able to process. In fact, I actually tried to play with my eyes closed and my scores were comparable. This is by no means the game's fault. It's simply that the length of time it takes for my eyes and my brain to process the visual assault, it's just too lengthy to develop any kind of rhythm or high score. Unlike, say, Res, I cannot appreciate how to be better and score higher. In Dyed, I feel like I have a handicap. There's a fantastic game there, which I feel may require a better, faster, more intelligent person than I can be. If this were some sort of eugenics experiment, 
my jeans would be erased from the pool. <laughs> I think you're being a little hard on yourself, yeah, Simon. <laughs> um, but no, I, so I think that's actually a you know a good place to jump from because the mechanics yeah. of this game are fairly unique, um, and they they combine well. So let's let's jump from this point. So things to note about diet: it's not a rhythm game. While music plays a big part in diet, it has no impact on the gameplay other than heightening your senses. Mm-hmm. Pairs are important. Diet is about matching pairs of the same colour. Match two oranges or blues in a row and you get faster, earning speed and points. Close, but not too close. Hooking colours in later levels grants you the ability to sap some energy from them as you rush past. Just don't run into them or you'll go backwards. Gather enough energy and you'll be able to use your special attack called the Lance, which makes you invulnerable for a short period of time. Hmm. Obviously, that, if you haven't played the game, makes no sense. doesn't mean too much <laughs> to you. But yeah. the general gist of the whole experience to Dyad is that you have notes on the screen um, of different colours. So, say there's a blue colour and a blue colour. If you fire... Um, it's a, yeah, I, suppose, I suppose you're a ship. If you fire a projectile from your ship... And it hits the first blue note, then the second blue note, then it gives you a speed boost. Mm-hmm. The thing to note is that you're inside, you know, a a cylindrical tunnel of some kind. It doesn't have to be a tunnel, but you can move around the environment. And you see these notes. I say notes, but they're not really notes that, you know, <laughs> are notes in a traditional sense of an action rhythm game. Mm-hmm. Although if you do hit them, they do produce sound. Yeah. But there's no fail state for producing terrible sounds. So you can hear all the different notes in any order whatsoever. And yes, you, your game might not be, you know, um, you know, uh, what's the word I'm after for uh, euphoric, you know, the mm-hmm. game won't be euphoric to your ears, but quite often you'll get through to the end stage of level. Mm-hmm. Um, every level has a fail state of some kind uh, yep. to, to progress. So you have, ranks one to three stars one star may say you need to get through a level in say one minute and 50 seconds but to get the three star you need to get through the level in 50 seconds and mm. that is purely done by matching the colors so fairly simple sounds fairly simple of course these games never stay quite as simple as match two colors and you're all good <laughs> to go the yeah. game starts to add multiple elements in um from the basic technique, which is a hook, which is the thing you're actually firing, to graze, which is what we were talking about earlier, which is slightly touching the side of um, certain colours to give you more boost and power up a, a meter. Uh, that lance, or extender blocker, which a lance which makes you just bash through stuff, and you have special blocks that will come in the way, red blocks that will actually you know block your progress. In fact, mm-hmm. send you backwards. You have we move on to things like zip lines, where if you match certain colours together, you get even faster by staying on a track where you've matched them two together. Obviously, that could be a track that is directly in front of you, or it could be a track that is mm-hmm. one side of the screen or above you. So you end up doing a you know a, a, essentially a cartwheel through a through a tunnel <laughs> and making yourself feel rather dizzy. Um, and we'll get into these, but there. So that's a general idea of there is lots of little element that they start to pack on to this yep. to make it that much more challenging, confusing, um, mind bending. Hmm. Um, I feel like the game is quite clever, though, in that the traditional main normal mode, so to speak, is mm-hmm. is relatively 
unchallenging despite looking like a complete mess. Like you can yeah. get through the levels, like 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 someone stuff said, you can get through the levels with your eyes closed if you fancied it. And, you know, the game's not really gonna destroy you. Like so, games like Guitar Hero and um, you know Rock Band in the early days, like people were getting frustrated at parties and stuff because they were failing, and <laughs> yeah. it's just like that's just not what a party is. Like Dyad to me seems like you could put it on a screen. And it could be like a screensaver for like a chill out party or something. And no matter how bombed off the face you are, like you could probably still get to the end of a level of diet and everyone could enjoy I, the psychedelic experience. I did have experience. a few levels. I actually one level in particular, I cannot remember the name of, but now I did, I, it took me half a dozen tries to get past it. Mm. Um, so, oh, I think I'm pretty terrible at this game, but I didn't really have, I don't know, this isn't me like, oh, you know, daddy, nah, you know, two shoes, but like, yeah, I just, I just didn't have an issue with the levels. Maybe one or two did like catch There was one Lance one, I'm pretty sure it was. Maybe it's around the, the four point, so like the 14, 18 range where I just, mm. uh, yeah, I found it hard to meet the requirement. I couldn't get the mm-hmm. speed up that was required of me. Yeah. Um, I, but I think, I think in general, the, the, the regular mode just, is just nice and fair. You know what I mean? Sure, yeah. it's going to challenge you and you will fail because that's just that's what games are. But mm-hmm. generally, like I expected this game to be an absolute kick in the like nuts. Do you know what I mean? Because it, it just looks so stern and like, yeah, come on. Like, it looks like it wants to fight you from the off and you're like, <laughs> oh God, okay, sure. Like, yeah. Let's go for it. And I was just, just, every time I finish a level and it does that kind of weird resi thing at the end where it all goes a bit like mm-hmm. aura and psychedelic, like, I, it, it just gave me this little sense of adrenaline rush. And that's what I ended up kind of chasing was that kind of, that release at the end and I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure that's all done by design you know to make you feel like yes I've made it to the end but the, the design is absolutely there isn't it because the game is split across 26 levels but each level is split in their own little subsections so 1 to 8 9 to 13 14 to 18 etc um, and they teach a new mechanic primarily mm-hmm. in those levels so as we talked about starts fairly easy just a hook mechanic just match pair colours and that's 1 to 8 and actually they introduce a slightly higher tempo. They introduce more colours, but it doesn't ever change more than that. In in fact, when I got to the end of that, I'm like, "Hey, man, I'm cool at Dyad. Look, I'm okay on the scores." <laughs> and then yeah. nine to thirteen, you know, they add the graze mechanic, which is just clipping the side of things. And sounds easy, but you know, when you're going fast, just trying to catch the side of a a cylindrical thing in the middle, yeah. which you in your brain you've been taught to hit. Exactly. But yeah. then all of a sudden you've been told to miss mm-hmm. whilst hitting the other things that kind of look like it but aren't mm-hmm. ex- extended. And there's your layer of complexity. Bam. And that's, you know, about an hour into the game. Then the next set of levels, they, they start adding, I think it might be the zip lines at that point, of mm. trying to uh, max, you know, match those stuff all together. I mean, it's a classic game trick of slowly building the player into that. But I think mm. that was a, a really appreciated thing because, you know, this is a game that obviously Sean has talked about many times and I've looked, you look at the trailer and go, okay. And I've experienced games like this many a time. I talked earlier about Oblivious where I found it really hard to, to break that penetration. Certainly Jeff Minter games, like if it's that initial wall of what is happening. I was really worried that this yeah. was going to be that game. And actually it's, it's beautifully designed in a way that it, mm. it never, although there'll be some st- you know, stumbling blocks in the, in the way, it never mm. actually, I think, sets out to demand so much for the player that the player can't move forward. Yeah. Although, plus a negative to there, and we will talk about that, but I would say from the, looking at the, uh, the high scores, now, I would like to think that, you know, I am the greatest dire player in the world, and that, in fact, I can get myself up to rank 23 on one of the leaderboards. Mm-hmm. But that's some of the later leaderboards, and I just... 
you suddenly you realize it goes from multiple thousands of people in the early levels mm-hmm. and by the time you get to the end of the game it's like yeah. i am in the top 50 of the world <laughs> and so but it, but the... it does show you that you know the people that stuck with this game you know yeah. there was a massive drop off that somebody yeah. i call myself a real novice novice at playing this game mm-hmm. can actually penetrate the top 50 of this leaderboard with with ease by the time i'm getting to the end of this game which just suggests that the drop off of player count between the start of the game and the end of the game yeah the, even though i think the it's it's a really approachable type of game this maybe it was because it was on you know playstation plus or something i think yeah, i believe it, it was, was on playstation mm. plus at one point mm-hmm. that that early intake of people just didn't stick with it and it yep. doesn't have that kind of longevity yeah i agree it's a shame, isn't it? It's um, I always, I, I mean, I find that the the statistical state, the nature of both trophies and, mm. and achievements, um, to be fascinating, and and leaderboards are kind of yeah. the, even before that have always been an early indication of how many games, how many copies of yeah. a game has sold. If you can do the first level and be, you know, not great at it, and go, oh, okay, well, you know, two hundred thousand people brought this. Yeah. Or in the case of quite a few of these games now, I I look and go, okay, well, look, you know, I'm three hundred on the leaderboard, and you know, I've only just cracked the seal, so yeah. I'd- Got a feeling that this kind of, um, you know, this notion of dropping off at a certain point, as soon as the game gets a bit frustrating for people mm-hmm. who've got a game on PS Plus or Game Pass, yep. mm-hmm. or just generally like a cheap game like Xbox Live games back in the day with like 400 Microsoft points, so like mm-hmm. Jetpack Refueled was quite cheap, I remember. Like that kind of just, you know, pick up and just immediately just drop as soon as any yep. kind of challenge is presented to the player. I think that's going to be more common than what we kind of anticipating with this digital-only future that yeah. we seem to be heading towards? Because if you're only paying like a tenner a month for a Game Pass subscription, oh, and the, game, the game's going to give you a little bit of jip, you're just going to uninstall it all. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like people are generally going to get groomed into that kind of way. Like, well, why have I got to play this if it's not going to challenge me yeah, in any way? It's true. Yeah. Or you have no investment in it, really. So yeah. like, to see the players of Dyer dropping off is not a surprise to me, because um, like, even games like Perfect Dark on Xbox Live Arcade, like, I smashed that game because, you know, because it's a rare game. Yeah, fair figure. But like, <laughs> like the perfect agent or even the special agent, it's not even, okay, to me, it's not that difficult, but I don't even find it that challenging. But immediately on agent, as soon as it gets to the weird rubbish alien levels, like that might just be a design flaw of the game. But like all of a sudden, there's just like, there's hardly on the leaderboards and it's agent mode. And you think this game's a classic and you'd, yeah. you'd think there'd be millions of players playing perfect dark on Xbox Live Arcade, but there just wasn't. And I was like, Oh man, maybe these like like Leon's always said Leon's always said that about old games coming back now, like you know the port of Sensible Soccer and Speedball Two and all these other British games that people love. Mm. No one seems to want to buy them, and if yeah. they do buy them, <laughs> they're just going to bin them off as soon as they're bored yeah. or you know frustrated with them. And it's just a shame, man, because Dyad I think deserves a bit more look, kind of um like look, not an esport, but I feel like it, it deserves more <laughs> yeah. of a competitive because like if this is an esport, we'll all be tripping off our nut within an hour. In, you know what I mean, but. <laughs> I think yeah. this game deserves more of a competitive community. And yeah. I don't know if he's got it or not, but like I, I never hear of anyone like one up on each other on Twitter on diet. You know yeah, I mean, I mean well, when it came out, um, you know, there was a fair amount of people on like forums um, that were fairly into it. But you know, forums by itself is this very—it's a low community amount in yeah. the first place compared to like all the people who own consoles, and so there was a bit of a score chasing for um element for a while at the beginning um mm-hmm. and then maybe a little bit more when it kind of excuse me when it launched on um pc um but and, and i know that that was kind of part of sean mcgrath's like vision for the game was that it would just be this uh competitive um uh you know score chasing non-stop game 
And um, I don't know, maybe he could have added to it or, or what, uh, you know, but he just, it just didn't really take off, I don't think. And and that's, yeah. and that's the thing, like, you know, we're talking about um, sales and all this kind of stuff. Like, this this genre itself has never really been that big. And then for this game to be as abstract as it is on top of being one of these types of games, it was just never going to make it past a niche experience. And Which I think is fine if yeah. that's mm-hmm. your expectations. I, I haven't heard anyone saying, I don't know, this was a, you know, a, a complete failure. Right. Because mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, although Jeff Minter is really a, a strange character because he, he kind of does give that impression of his games should be so much bigger than they are. <laughs> yeah. And I've always looked at him on the outside. It's like, how? Yeah. How? <laughs> what, who? Who's but... And no one understands like, my bowl game. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's fine if you know what it is. Yeah, um, yeah. But I think, you know, it, it's, you know, Jeff Minter aside, I think this game is more approachable into a genre like that because I don't think it is incredibly impenetrable. Um, yeah. Even from the outside. Like, you know, I think it has a really clean visual look. It doesn't get incredibly trippy to the point of you can't see anything on the screen. There is a speed element to it, which, I, you know, like any of these games, when you're, when you're playing it, mm-hmm. you, you actually like time slows down. And it doesn't actually seem as fast as somebody viewing from behind you would actually seem like it is. Mm-hmm. Um, the game I keep coming back to, which is actually not similar to this game because that it actually is a kind of a rhythm game, but is Thumper of recent times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and yeah, you don't have the 360 control of the screen, but you definitely do have that kind of synesthesia. Yeah sound around you and the you know the speed of that game can get up to which is incredibly fast at times um and maybe that's because i get the 360 nature of it because i played it in vr so much so maybe mm-hmm. it, it felt like it was more within mm-hmm. the world than the than it actually is but un- unlike that game and I, you know i keep making the joke it's not a, a, a you know a rhythm action game as as we've always talked about i think there is a disconnect with this game and it and the sound not playing such a, a large part because when you hit a note in this, it does produce a note, as you, you know, as any of these types of games do. Mm-hmm. But because there is no punishment, I found myself more often than not actually kind of like jamming and just hopeful mm-hmm. that I would hit, hit stuff. So mm-hmm. if, if there was an element of being, you know, punishment sounds such a hard thing, but if there was an element of doing better by linking, um, I, I suppose the way this game rewards you is if you link more, you go faster, you go up yep. the leaderboards. Mm-hmm. But I think, uh, and, the, and the soundscape does get impressive, but I think it, there still could have been a lot more done with the tunes that were being you know, displayed upon the, the screen. I think there is a, a disconnect between something like Thumper where absolutely I feel like I'm in control of the soundscape around me yeah. and every button I'm pressing, there, there's a reaction to it. Yeah. Um, and that feeds back to the player. Here, I I couldn't help but feel that. Do you know what? At, at certain times, I'm just gonna spin around the screen, hitting the button yeah. multiple times. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah. you know, back to Simon Sloth's point, I don't think you can just shut your eyes and and be better at this game because there is absolutely uh, you know, elements of gameplay here where you're trying to interlink stuff, um, and certainly if you're scoreboard chasing. But there there is a disconnect between the utter feedback of a game a rhythm action game mm-hmm. and and this and i couldn't quite i never quite fell in love with the mechanics mm-hmm. um that i have in uh in many other i mean take the yeah. band out of this side but yeah. even something like you know frequency amplitude that you know runs within more parallels to this yeah you know, the fact that there was more of a in quotation mark game um yeah. 
I think helped me concentrate a lot more on in actually wanting to score chasing something yeah. like that. I think the difference between this and rhythm action games is like rhythm action games are performing music for you and you're playing along with them. And I think with diet, it's more that you're you're performing the music and that might be too much of a disconnect for players like yourself where, um, mm. you know, it's just, it, it's, it's more like, you know, when you hit a note in, in a thumper or you hit a turn just right, it gives you that feedback of like, you know, that sharp turn, you, you hear that like hard hitting pop, you know, like that. Mm-hmm. And, and whereas in this, the music is so much more abstract and it's so much more like you're not knowing what to expect when you hit this note or when you hit this line. That is a good um, way of putting it. Yeah. No, yeah. I, yeah. There, there's, there's an element of knowing the track ahead mm-hmm. rather mm-hmm. than being the orchestra, but not mm-hmm. knowing the tune. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hmm. And well, for me, yeah, like I'm someone very... like me, like I, I love that kind of thing, but I, I totally understand like, that's just not gonna, that's not gonna resonate with everybody. Yeah, and this might be an unfair comparison, but like I, I love Tetris Effect, right? And the gameplay aside, um, like Tetris Effect as an audio visual thing, like every time you did something in Tetris Effect, it, a Tetris Effect it added to the the the, the audio visual. So whenever you press yep. the button, mm-hmm. it added an extra noise to it. In Diode, I found the noises maybe because I wasn't playing it, you know, as as a freestyle player. Yeah, like I say, a lot like we've just been mentioning, the noises seem to come out a bit more randomly and a yep. bit kind of you know. Or like you know, right angle turns, left, right, center, and you're just like, well, where, where's it all going? <laughs> and when I hear the noises of died in my head, it's kind of generally the same thing. Like it's like the pentatonic scale kind of thing of this, like you know, note chart going up, and then it yeah. dies off again because you've lost your speed. And I didn't necessarily find that a uh, detraction from the gameplay because I was too busy focusing on the myriad of mechanics within the game because it's yeah. always constantly changing. Every level's different, and mm-hmm. it. It really handily describes the mechanics without boring you in the text box. Mm. I found it was just like, you know, three or four lines. This is what they do. And yeah, just crack on with it. You're like, oh, okay, cheers, mate. Like, oh, thanks. That's really handy. And then you, you, you understood what he was talking about based yeah. on the the very uh, decent, I can't think, difficulty curve, basically. It was a very nice mm-hmm. uh, in, you know, integration into the game. It didn't just uh, like just punch you in the face for the first one. It was like, no, this is nice and simple. Uh, you know, spin around and get, get the two colors and link them, go faster. And then all of a sudden, you've got these these charges coming towards you. They look, they look like <laughs> something out of Thumper, to be honest. They're yeah, like they weird do. kind yeah. of spider mm-hmm. things, you know, coming at you. But my favorite in terms of mechanics was the zip lines, man. Like just, oh, yeah, they, yeah. you know, getting those two together and then seeing the pink highway in between mm-hmm. them or whatever color it should be. Like, mm-hmm. I just, I was just absolutely dying to get on it because this game and its speed was like, at times at f-zero gx kind of like yep i want to go faster i don't really care if i fail or not i just want to yeah. go faster you see it the zip lines though are to the point we're making the zip lines allow you for you know whatever however far you shot off but say for at least two to three seconds that mm-hmm. element of the tune constantly playing with you because you're on mm-hmm. the, the runway and the tune mm-hmm. completely plays so mm-hmm. for a moment there you become part of the tune and the environment yep um rather than just trying to i think i think the the disconnect I have is quite often um, moving around the screen trying to hit the two colours, it can work. But quite often you can find yourself hitting a blue, spinning around, seeing that there's an orange, and mm-hmm. maybe not quite ahead that there there's probably another orange coming up before the blue. So then you just completely waste that combo and you go for the orange instead. Yeah, yeah. And so as much as you would like the tune to be perfect, unless you're hitting every single you know beat of 
what's happening on the screen. If you miss one, like the whole element of it just kind of collapses around you and you can't <laughs> help, even if you want to make that tune better, make it somewhat of a jumble mess for, you know, maybe five or six seconds before the next run of mm. um, notes reappear that are meant to be hit within the certain sequence. Mm -hmm. And the further you get in the game, obviously the more elements are there. So you, you, your brain has to process... I need to hit two colors, but I also need to graze that because my power meter is going down. And I need mm -hmm. the speed for doing that. And the idea of making an orchestral piece in front of you completely vanishes in the sake of, I just need to get the elements faster, to get yeah. faster. Yeah. So the connection to the music for me just, you know, just fell, fell away. And it was mm. all about, in the end, about the mechanics rather than the synesthesia piece. Now, I'm not sure that that's a criticism anyway because that feels mm. like the game he was happy enough to make and that mm -hmm. seems to experience, be the experience that many other people had so i think he probably quite liked the disjointed na nature of this game but when you're when you've you know if you're comparing it to other similar things uh not mostly within this genre but around the genre mm -hmm. it it can it to me it was a little distracting so are the levels and the things within the levels are they all pre like pre-made or are they randomly generated as you fly through them i didn't play a level enough to realize the pattern like so if you played the first level five times in a row would you get the same sequence of no. dots or enemies well, no. well I, no, I'm I pretty guess sure I can't i've say seen sure. him say it was randomly generated yeah, yeah. Okay, so then th that yeah. by its own very nature would make a more randomly generated noise because right that's yeah. the way the level is so if yeah. you're looking for a you know, Beethoven part 17, I don't know the names <laughs> of classical music, mate, but uh, if you're looking for something that's well curated and yeah. lovely for the years, and I guess we were never going to get it from Dyad, you know, despite yeah. maybe his initial, um, uh, what was intentions? Well, what's what's odd is that they, they did make, in the end, like years later, they did make actual full soundtrack that you can listen to on Spotify or buy on iTunes. Mm. Like they, they did make like actual fully formed songs out of these noises. Because mm -hmm. I think each, yeah. each, level has it has a very like um has a theme it does have a theme yeah and, and a very like loose track behind it like that's not have you know each each note and each turn you make all these things add on top of this bass track so the soundtrack um is is still wild to listen to and still probably won't make sense if you haven't already played the game because it's just it's mm. just kind of a, a mad noises but um they they are there are they did manage to to make some kind of structure out of some of these things oh nice i never i, I need to give that a listen because i did actually quite enjoy the vibe of the game you know from an audio point of view like mm -hmm. i said it felt like it pulled me down for its ear my own earphones mm -hmm. the thing that helped me join it all together as well between the levels was the actual main menu music or yep. noises mm -hmm. it's kind of like wee, wee, wee. <laughs> every time you go through it it was really handily done yeah to make me feel connected to the next level and yeah. i'm sure that's all by design like, did you, yeah, it's, it's, keep you going did you ever play around with the controller on the uh main screen no i just watched that on giant bomb quick look from seven years ago that you could mess around yeah. on the front end screen <laughs> to make it all yeah it's a neat little trick yeah so I, I just think stuff like that really helps you like you know go to the next level and even though the mm -hmm. levels are quite short and you know sometimes like you said a bit too short yeah uh, the main menu and the level select screen don't yeah. uh, it does help you go yeah. to the next one because it's just like something out of like a really slow twisted version of like Eamon Tobin on that menu it's kind of like really mm. like just warpy and just mm -hmm. something that I'd listen to like alongside like Apex Twin or mm -hmm. like you know mm -hmm. or, you know off warp records for example. Method, it, but, yeah. 
definitely along those lines. Like it was ticking a lot of boxes of musicians that I haven't heard for a long time, and I'm you know <laughs> yeah. recently rediscovering kind of old artists that I used to get into in my mid twenties, and it's just yeah. like, oh man, yeah, I used to listen to a lot of that. And it's like <laughs> Diane's kind of reminded me that I've forgotten about you know music isn't just about the prodigy you know what i mean let's actually like <laughs> dig let's dig into the weeds a little bit further and remember yeah. what i used to like and uh, yeah i'm definitely yeah i'm getting back into my uh, more obscure artists at the moment because of diet <laughs> there honest. you go how do you um think the, the game fares visually i love it but i it's another one of those things where it's just it, it kind of um <sighs> It really appeals to me. I just love that color style. That is, I mean, it does use pretty much every color under the rainbow, but <laughs> it, it, it does mostly focus on blue and orange, which is kind of, you know, that's the generic, um, you know, every movie poster, every album cover, yeah. every game cover. Yeah, they, 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 those two are just the most appealing to, to people, generally speaking. Um, but for me, it just the way it looks uh, throughout the entire game, um, just generally appeals to me but i it's another one of those things where like i completely understand that someone else could look at the screen and go i don't like anything that i'm looking at right now and and turn it off um and i do think yeah. visually though i mean it, obviously 2012 isn't an incredibly long time but playing it for the first time in 2019 i think it's held up really well mm -hmm. it, it could yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. once again just art design over you know pure polygons you know mm -hmm. it's any this game could be released now and like I feel like it, yeah. It probably design-wise, it may feel a, be a little bit different, but visually, I think it could have come out and nobody would have any issues yeah. how the game stands up. To yeah, now. Mm. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, with a slightly more powerful hardware, it, it probably could do a few more tricks of you know on screen. But you know, I think it it's a really, I think it's a really um, crisp design. Mm -hmm. And actually, that's not something that is always inherently um, clear in this genre. Quite often, there's a yeah. lot of, um, although, you know, lines and, and elements have used in these genres quite a bit, so you understand where you are within, you know, the world. Yeah. Quite often, there's a case to go over the top with, like, the visual splendor and flair. I mean, Minta, once again, I'm, I'm looking at you. <laughs> like, like where, where am I? I? I remember a couple of times playing some of his games, not actually knowing where I was on the screen. Because oh, there's yeah. so much going Space on. Space draft on the for screen. sure. Yeah, yeah. It's just madness. Um, um, and I never had that issue with this game that there was always a clear indication where I was, um, yep. even at the speed of light uh, and, and progressing. You know, every element seemed to jump out at me that said, "Okay, mm -hmm. well, there's a hook and there's a there's a um, mm -hmm. a blocker and, and you know, the lance and yeah, all those all those things were you know perfectly clear for the player to understand. But I yep. think it does have a really strong visual design that it's actually. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously, you know, Diet is a game. I think you know. You look at the cover. I've se I feel like I've seen that cover since 2012. You know, it's a real kind of you know. But it, just the the writing on it, the design of it. Like I think it's a really interesting and, and um, clinical, but in a really mm -hmm. artistic way. Not just like yeah. oh, wow, that's just blind. Like actually, no. There's there's an element of you know both color, design, and, style, and vision yeah. there. That style that actually really blends well. Even you know, probably even better in 2019 than they did in, yeah. in 2012. Yeah, the thing visually for me with Dyad, it, it, like, even though it's throwing everything at you, seemingly, like, so when you play Dyad, I focus mainly on the middle of the screen, so a lot of it flies past your face, but watching mm -hmm. it on video form for, you know, just before this podcast, like, you look at it and you think, oh, there's a lot going on here, and it, but it never feels like it tries, it 
doesn't try too hard to prove a point on what it's trying to do. It's just it's so effortlessly just in front of you, and you're like, okay, yeah, it, like nothing seems out of place, and it doesn't really try and force its kind of mm-hmm. uh, its style upon you. It's just like, yeah, this is what Dyad is, and you go, okay, yeah. And like, but some <laughs> games like really try and ram it down your throat. And, sure, like, yeah. it, across all different genres, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, look how Borderlandsy I am. <laughs> you like, okay, we get it. You can you can turn it down a bit now if you really want, mm-hmm. and that's Borderlands's thing, and that's fine. But I think Dyad. I don't know, in an alternate universe, it probably would have gone like the extra mile and it would have been too much in your face. Yeah, but I think Dyad yeah. visually, it knows when to stop. Even yeah. though it doesn't look like it, it yeah. knows when to go, right, that is too much. Let's just calm it down. Now, I've seen the um, the remix stuff you can do in that. It's just brilliant, right? I actually yeah, want to turn yeah. the game back on and start mixing around with that because it looks like the kind of game I actually want to play as opposed to Dyad. Mm, That's not to say I don't like Dyad as a game, like, but I would much rather mess around with Dyad remixed because it mm-hmm. just looks amazing, you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah, Dyad for me, it never went, even though it looks intense and yeah. it looks like it wants to fight you, it really doesn't <laughs> and it knows when to stop and I think that's yeah. really important for the game. Yeah, I, I think you bring up a good point about the remixes and, and there's a whole another level called the trophy levels. Yep. Um, and I think it's... Well, it's a shame because having seen the scoreboards and knowing how many people actually got through to the end of the regular mode, how many people probably then went on to try the remixes yeah. or the trophy levels. But I think it's, it comes from a, a really sensible place of knowing what this kind of game is mm-hmm. and wanting people to have the chance to, to see it through to the end. Now, I think, you know, Sean here is, or both Sean's here, <laughs> um, there's, there's a, there's a, there's a couple of elements which I, I really think is a sensible one. So you, you have your standard set of, you know, one to 26 levels. You know, none of them are particularly challenging. You might have a couple of attempts at one or two of them and you'll probably score chase along the way. Um, but, you know, there's enough there for the player to get the gist of the game. The moment you enter trophy chasing levels, it asks that extra element of the player. It's saying, well, look, we... Okay, to... to, to to break it down, say the easiest way to look at this would be in the main game to get three stars, you might need one minute, 15 seconds to complete the level. And by doing that, it's matching colours or hitting you know, ramps or whatever it may be to get through there as fast as possible. The trophy level then sets out and says, well, congratulations, you are a three stars uh, student. You now need to do that in 54 seconds. Mm-hmm. And it's, and you know, I've, man, as an achievement, <laughs> hunter for many years like i understand this mechanic it's saying well that's very all very well you got through our game now master it and mm-hmm. i like the fact that they broke that out and it wasn't just broken out as in well you know if you got 53 seconds in the game you're going to get a trophy good for you it's broken out into its own subsection it's going well this is for the people that want to do this and they've got their own little section and they can concentrate hard and here's their leaderboards and here's you know here's their things you know this is yeah. cool. and then once again you've got the people that fallen in love with all aspects of this game and then move on to the remixes where it's just synesthesia maybe the kind of more as Darren just said it's probably more of the game that I probably was expecting to approach mm-hmm. from the outset but I think it's nice that you know that all these stuff all these levels are there I think the, the problem is and clearly by the fact that the you know the drop off on the leaderboards mm-hmm. most people probably never got to the the trophy chasing stage, let alone even wondering what you know, a remix version of this game might be. And yeah, I don't know if that's a design element or just just the makeup of people that, you know, once they've completed something, that's it. That's, yeah, that's all they're after. Yeah. Or, 
you know, trophy hunters are of their own breed and people that want to really, you know, concentrate on this game of their own yeah. sub little subsection and, and time you get to the end of it, you know, it's it becomes a smaller and smaller pool. Mm-hmm. But I, I think I'm I I was appreciative of literally it being there on screen to say, look, here's the you know, who are you? What's this game to you? You know, are you yeah. this person, this person or this person? Yeah. And and sometimes the trophy levels make it well for me every time, but I know for most people sometimes the trophy levels were at least a pretty clever way of turning the that level that you just played on its head. So mm-hmm. there's like a th- I don't know, it's probably like the third or fourth level. It's like the first thing that I remember when I think of the trophy levels where um the entire screen we've been talking about colors this whole time and the entire screen is just black and white or it's probably just gray actually if i remember right and you have to match the notes or match the the enemies based on the sound they make when you hover over them before you hit x so it's not probably not great for people with any kind of hearing or, or visual disability but um just something like that, like just just try and get like twenty of these matches, mm-hmm. just lo- just using only your ears, really. Um, or there's there's the one level. I don't know. I don't know how much you guys played around with the trophy stuff, but um, towards the end, there's one level called "I Really Miss Jack," where that level, the normal one, is starts you off incredibly slow, and you have to get up to as fast as you can by y- using these invincibilities and just getting as fast as you can, as fast as you can. And then the trophy level is the complete opposite of that to where it starts you off the fastest that you can make the game go. <laughs> and and it, and it says like at the top, like it's counting your speed and it just says ridiculously fast at the top. <laughs> and then the idea is to just get, get down to complete zero stop in less than a minute. And that was for me the hardest trophy to get because you just you have to in that you're like you even trying to reverse time exactly you're reversing it and you're also having you're having to actually run into things to slow you down. So, um, you know, the game is constantly teaching you to to dodge anything that's going to hit you. So you had to just keep, you know, hitting everything you can and it eventually hits you to zero and just stuff like that. Like, you know, the game by itself would have been fine without any of these trophies, but I think it, it just adds that element of challenge. And, um, you know, at the time when it came out, a lot of us were like trophy chasing and a lot of some of these forums were trophy chasing and, and getting see so you can get the platinum the fastest and i was i got it in about like two weeks but um it was a tough one it was a tough challenge he was the first game to i say he sean's you know dyad was the first game to um get a platinum that wasn't a you know a full price game i think he said that on the giant bomb quick oh, look. Really? there was what? like he pretty much said look I think a certain amount of trophies equals a platinum. And they were yeah. like, no, you can't have one because you're not a full price game. And yeah. he was like, well, I've got the right amount of levels and I've right. got the right amount of trophies. How about a platinum? And they were like, <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah. So it seemed like it kind of broke new ground for the, um, cool. like the indie or, you know, the, the smaller yeah. Yeah. budgeted game, so to speak. Um, yeah. So good for him. You know what I mean? Um, that is cool. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I'm trying mm, to think back mm. then, like Fez didn't have a platinum or braid. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, because like Xbox Live Arcade games had 200 points yeah. instead of 1,000. Yeah. Right? So there was always that kind of... Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 The game's it, now just the game, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good. <laughs> but yeah, to, I mean, to say that, I mean, we've solved this game pretty much on the fact that it's all about increasing speed, and actually there's only one element of this game, because you know, playing through the levels, there's quite often a, a different objective, so you know, be it through grazing through gates just at the right time, or having the, uh, the extenders or blockers come in and, mm-hmm. and you know, utilizing those to a certain number and whether you can achieve that number um and quite often the, the lowest 
you know the one star rank stuff is is pretty achievable yeah um mm. uh, and time you get to uh the the higher three star rank stuff you know the, there's there is a challenge there but i quite often i'd find myself kind of wandering around that two to three star range and feeling like i i hadn't mastered anything at all like i was just kind of living <laughs> in that moment yeah, but yeah. there is definitely an element of luck in in mm-hmm. this anyway because sometimes you you do just manage to to hit you know, multiple um zip lines and stuff that you know put your speed to the point so so that i found that the trick of this game certainly towards the back end of the game was it was always about trying to get your invincibility um up as mm. much as possible because with that it meant that there was less obstacles obviously for you to crash into mm-hmm. for your speed to go down and quite often you'd be going so fast you wasn't too sure what you were linking anyway other than trying to just hit the button constantly hope that you were linking stuff whilst crashing into extenders that extended your <laughs> um, invincibility and you could get some absolutely incredible um, combos going at that point um, and to the, the point of score chasing it's such a simple thing um, but it, it it's so effective in this. At the end of each level, obviously, you know, you get your time, you, you'll get the amount of things you've been trying to hit, you know, how many blockers you've you've avoided, etc. Um and pops up there your friends list and you know, you you see Sean somewhere ranked up in the top, you know, thousand <laughs> people quite often and you're you're wondering How did he how did he <laughs> How's he there? What the Um And yeah, I found myself you know, a number of times going, no, I can do better than that. Like, I, I understand how this level now is laid out. I understand the rule set it's given me. And I would jump, you know, absolutely. So I'd say I do a level in two and a half minutes. You know, I'd, I'd graze a minute off the level and go, wow. And th- there I was, still behind mm-hmm. Sean, but, you know, somewhere competing. And, you know, it's a shame Leon isn't also on the show because, you know, number of times that I was, I felt that like I was competing with Leon rather than mm-hmm. Sean, just like, oh, pipped him, didn't do it. But there was a couple of levels in particular, I remember that, you know, better Sean. Took, yeah. took some photos, made sure that there was, there was still proof there for future generations that, you know, yeah. I had mastered the, the dyad more than Sean. <laughs> um, but it's, it's always a fun element in these games. Yeah. Um, the leaderboards seem to be quite temperamental. Sometimes people would load in, other times yeah. I'd have no friends whatsoever and yeah. it made me sad. And it did make me sad. Whenever I loaded the game up and it said, there's nobody on this leader, which I knew was utterly false because I know everyone, the people on the show would have completed it. Mm-hmm. It was, oh, so I did the level and there's, there's, you know, there is personal pride, I suppose, to, to work yeah. higher the leaderboard. But having that extra name just there in front of you and realizing, in fact, you're only a few seconds away and mm-hmm. replaying, yeah, even though the levels are short, just made it that much more enticing to, yeah. to go, no, let's restart. I know I can move on to the next, but let's just restart. So you, I mean, you found yourself obviously liking this game a lot and finding yourself you know, in the higher echelons of the, the leaderboard. So that must have been quite exciting. Or was that just down to the fact that it was just purely you know, the amount of time you put into it so there was more chance of you betting? Yeah, I, many. I think it was, a, it was a mix of a few things. You know, the pool wasn't that big, so um, I didn't have that many people to, to beat, you know, sadly enough. Um, but I know like in, uh, when it came out, like the weekend that it came out, I, um, I managed to get number one on the very last level I was number one for like a couple of days and then eventually it got beat down. Um, and then nowadays, I think like you were saying that uh, something's up with the trof or the leaderboards on, on both platforms. Cause mm-hmm. I, I, I finished a couple levels on steam uh, just yesterday 
and it said your score is number one and i was like there's no way that's true and then i, I look back at the leaderboard and sure enough like it's just I, I don't even know where i was actually placed on that leaderboard so you know it's kind of a shame that this is a very crucial thing uh mm-hmm. for this game and that to not really work as uh reliably as you want it to um Sort your 2012 servers out. Come on, people. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. But no, it's good. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the score chasing, and I really do mm-hmm. think it, it added a, uh, a much-needed element. Yeah. So we do we need to talk more a little bit about the um, some of the actual gameplay elements? You could, but I don't think you'd be any more clearer on yeah. what is actually <laughs> happening. That's what I said at the start of the show, is that you can talk about this game either for an hour or four and i don't think you'd get yeah. any clearer representation of how the game is actually playing yeah. you'd have to see it in motion and yeah. it really is a game unfortunately not for audio <laughs> podcasts because yeah. yeah. it's just like you have to see it man like you can't yeah. describe the, the charges very well without it <laughs> like, oh it's like, it's like an octopus spider thing and it charges at you and you have to dodge around it and you're like what does that even mean yeah. i don't yeah, like the game is kind of beyond words at points. Yeah. And I think that's really admirable. Um, I just, I, you know, I just wish that maybe for this podcast we could put a little video feed alongside it on YouTube or something, just yeah. so we can get some sort of visual representation together for it. Okay, just... right. I, I'll hang on to it. Yeah, we should talk about that last level though. Oh god, yeah. So obviously, it's super hard to um, to put some of these mechanics into visualization because it's. Yeah, it's fairly unique in its its own design. Um, so if I said to you, um, you need to hook something, obviously to me that makes sense. It probably doesn't to another person, but essentially hooking is just latching onto something. You tie one thing onto the other, and then by doing that in its very nature, it, it essentially gives you a speed boost, uh, almost like a speed ramp to, to, to jump onto. And the game does become more and more complex as we run through that. So I always, I found... The I'm going to go through some of these elements and, and actually see how well they set sat with each one of us because I have a feeling that some of them will be great. Others you'll probably have the same emotional impact with me of like, oh god, that was annoying. But so grazing, I, the moment they introduced grazing, mm-hmm. um, I realised that I was probably in for a little tougher ride than I had originally been led to believe from the the first early levels. So grazing is is a, a essentially the things you hook onto. But they have two elements that stick out from either side. You just need to catch the side of those, and that goes into a, a special meter bar. That once you hit that special meter bar, you can then just you know charge for everything because you've got invin- uh, invi- invincibility. Is the word I'm looking for. Um, and quite often, I was always confused because I'm sure I would hit some of the graze bars, mm. and they would fill up. And other times, I, I'm sure I would hit the block itself. And go straight through it, no issues. Other times, I would hit that block and stonewall dead it, yeah. reverse back time. <laughs> and I don't know what the hitbox was within those things. Obviously, mm. it's probably relatively lenient, purely out of the fact that when you can't really make out what's happening on the screen yeah, towards the back end some... of the game, yeah. they don't want it to be so punishing that you'd find yourself constantly just reversing in time. But because there is that element of just enough doubt i'd always risk it way more than i needed to thinking well you know somewhere somewhere right and so the moment i'd end up in reverse would frustrate <laughs> mm-hmm. but i think that's fair like i said i can imagine towards the back end of the game the grazing mechanic being um tricky if it was just a pure 
a solid wall because there's a lot going on the screen. But any thoughts on that from you guys? Yeah, uh, you know, all the mechanics in this game for me, they 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 work. Like I understood them, and I really, uh, I I don't think I disliked any of them. I just found them more challenging as it goes on, and mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I, I never found the rewind frustrating because I never found myself on the on the um the you know the rear end of a of a fail state. Mm-hmm. It was just like, mm-hmm. oh okay, you know, it does the weird warpy rewind noise for a second, and then you're off again. And then yeah, uh, my most of my fun with this game was not perfecting the mechanics, but basically not being rubbish at the mechanics. Like it was just like <laughs> yeah. constantly just like right, okay, I've done that wrong. Let's try again. And like I said earlier on, the game seems to be nice and. For me, my personal experience, it was just like, oh, okay, I failed. I, I've, you know, I've done that one wrong. It's let me have another go, and it's it's all nice and mm-hmm. great. But grazing and lancing for me are where it's at, and the, the zip lines also yeah. um, come into it as well. But ultimately, the, the 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 when you press the lance button to whiz through everything, and you you're just pressing left on that stick as hard as you can, or right, depending on which way the flow of the notes or the enemies go. It's just. There's just something about that that keeps keeps you playing. Like yeah. there's a little, you know, there's a little rush going on. You're like, oh, literally, and you know, mm. physically in my body, you could feel it. And you're like, as soon as I had a lance ready to go, it was definitely ready. You know, mm-hmm. I was just, you know, it felt like you were lancing those things. You were you were forcing your way through them, and you were mm-hmm. you were lining it up as best you could at, an, at any angle you could on the screen. But yeah, for me, lancing and you know, grazing to get the lance to then. You know, uh, smash for everything yeah. was was number one, and then the zip lines uh, when you latch or when you hook two things on to make the kind of the highway on on the on the um, cylindrical insides. Yeah, uh, those two things for me were absolutely I, I incredible. Think my my favourite combo was um, hitting charges whilst on zip lines. So you're hitting yeah, charges yeah, yeah. that are coming towards you, yeah. knowing that you need to stay on the zip line for as long as possible for it to get to count towards. Mm-hmm. You know, quite often there will be a zip line counter that you you needed to achieve yeah. in the game. Yeah. But you also need the, the speed beyond the, just the zip line. And I love those moments of like, no, 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 I've got this, I've got this, and then just dodge just out the way. Um, <laughs> and time, you've got a real, you know, a head of speed up. Actually hitting yeah. something like a charger, jumping out the way, whilst preempting where the nearest zip line will be you know, mm-hmm. in the distance, although it's coming incredibly fast at you. There's a certain rush there. And I think, once again, yeah. just the synesthesia of, the sound from the game, as we get later on in the game, I think it does a better element of um, purely because I think the lancing happens a lot more to allow you to kind of demolish your way through the levels. Mm-hmm. So the so the synesthesia of the music seems to be there a lot more with the player. I don't really think it helps, but there there is certainly towards the, the, the one of the final levels, which I know you want to talk about, Sean, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> Yeah, so we're going into Eye of the Duck here. Um, so the very last level is titled Eye of the Duck, and it's basically, like, in a quick summation, it's a summary of everything that you've done throughout the game, kind of put into one level, and but without any kind of penalty towards it. So you can't fail this uh, level. Um, there's no trophy version of it. There's no remix version of it. It's Can just, you complete it? Um, it just stops. It eventually stops. Yeah. That's the thing. It just it, well. Um, have you not finished it or? See, I I assumed it was infinite because oh, I was on it for no. uh, quite a while, and no, it, yeah, like, it okay, does well, end. Yeah. Ah, no, terrible. <laughs> well, sure. well, that's no, uh, so. Yeah. So that's Darryl, the thing. Like, tell right. me. <laughs> did, did, did you, you finish, finish it? it, Darren? 
No, but I did watch again this this quick look, and it was ah. like, yeah, it does end, and I was like, oh, I was nowhere near good enough to even get close to it, you know. So yeah. the, the idea of finishing that level, it might as well be infinite, you know. What I mean? Well, it's yeah, it is it is much longer than all the other levels, and and, and it's just um, it starts off like like every other one where you know you have you have your enemies in front of you, you got to hit them, hook them, go through all those triads and and zip lines, and just get keep going, keep going, keep going. But as you're progressing through the level, um the screen starts to kind of deteriorate and your character eventually just kind of slows down and like to, to like a sludgy crawl and fades away. And then the screen just goes completely psychedelic and just like all these crazy colors start just happening in front of you. And you're just kind of, and like for me playing it at like 3 AM when, when I finally hit that level, I, I just kind of got lost in it. And I just kind of sat there with the controller, like in my lap, just watching this, this, light show basically and then eventually um these triangles come out of the center of the screen they start flying at you and this just gives you this like it gives this whooshing sound towards like like that every time it flies by you and then it turns into like this almost like an an animated rainbow like flower rainbow and i sound like i'm on drugs as i'm talking about it but it's just like it 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 does things with lighting and color that i have never seen the game do before and then at that point you can kind of take back control and kind of guide the the colors the way you want them to and then if you use your triggers you can speed it up or slow it down and then eventually the co- it kind of takes back control of itself and then it just displays the word diet on the screen as the music just kind of like fades into like this kind of like steady drone and then it just says press something when re- when you're ready like when you're when you're when you're good to go like when you want to just turn it off and then and then it ends and then it kind of goes into it kind of it kind of goes back into the first level automatically just to kind of remind you where where you came from like where the you know this is kind of like this is where you you built yourself up to and now remember when you were just uh you know matching two <laughs> and it just it ends up being a for me it was like really like transcendental experience like just sitting there mm. and just kind of like i got i got completely lost in everything that was going on and i just I, that is in for me an unforgettable moment um that i'm sad more people didn't get to uh, experience on their own because i know from the people that I know, like uh, previous until now, that that did play this game and like it as much as I did, like that's the thing that that it's called the Eye of the Duck because he got it from it's a Lynch David Lynch quote uh, talking about uh, a painting of a duck and how uh, you could tech- if you wanted to you could move everything around on the on the picture, but if you move the eye, it's it's not going to look right to you. Like something's going to screw up in your brain, and so like the idea is that this is the perfect culmination of everything that was around this experience Hmm. and um for me it was like that was just a a powerful sequence for me and it's weird because it's not like it's a a powerful sequence in the way that something like papo and yo was where like i learned something from this or you know i i i'm a different person now (laughs) but it was just a uh i don't know it was it was a neat moment sounds Similar to the the experience that most people had with Era X on Yep, um, Res Infinite. Res mm-hmm. Infinite. Yeah. yeah. It's just that that moment where all the all the elements kind of combine into one. And then, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and they just kinda like take over you. Yeah. Yeah. 
What? Sounds similar to me when at the end of Proteus, when you start lifting. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Very much. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, brilliant. Like that just yeah, yeah, seems like it's something that only video games could do. And uh, yeah, and I exactly, feel yeah. an utter fraud for, for missing it. <laughs> this, but it is a really odd level because I just it felt is, okay, yeah. like this, the way it's presented. Because in every other level, you have, a, you know, a a goal of such. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that everything in this in that level told me that this is a level for you to chill out in. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, experience and play and there is no end to it yep. so i you know i spent a good time in there it's going okay yeah mm-hmm. i think i yep okay i get it <laughs> yeah. But I, yeah i get it and now i feel yeah. like a complete and utter <laughs> fraud of because what you're talking about is probably one of the missing elements that you know for for me for this game yeah that made it special as special for you i, I know mm-hmm. you know it's yeah. a very singular thing in it you know in that you know yeah. It's almost for the people that stuck with it and you know ex- experienced all of it to to enjoy that. Yeah. Um, but I don't think you know it it changes the you know the ninety nine percent of what the game yeah. is. But it it sounds like there's that special moment there that I I really wish I had seen because mm-hmm. it would have given maybe context to what I experienced mm-hmm. in some of the rest of the game. But equally, you know, a vision of um, what the game could achieve beyond being you know yeah. the simple mechanics. Yeah, I know. Like some of the. Um... Like you know, we you mentioned earlier that the most of the reviews were positive, and some of them weren't that great. But I know I I remember one review talking about how Eye of the Duck should have been more of the game should have been like that, where it was mm-hmm. like because you know basically this game is twenty six levels of teaching you a new mechanic every level, and so wouldn't it have been great if you had not just one Eye of the Duck, but you know ten of these where you're using every single combination of of everything that you've learned in the game up mm. until now and i kind of agree with that as much as i like eye of the duck as it is and it's just a perfect thing for me it kind of would have been neat to see like what else could we have done or could he have done if if um you know if he just put more of these levels in there and maybe mm. it didn't need it but it just it would have been it maybe it was a missed opportunity no but the game is quite bitty in in that respect i mean just mm. i mean like I, I like the way that it's broken out for everybody but it 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 feels very much like a game at that point. Like there, mm-hmm. to me, there was that missing element of um, there's something more. So I, a lot mm-hmm. of people will always talk about something like um, Res, where there's yes, there's elements of you know synesthesia and shooting things and trying to get combos and, and stuff like that. But there's elements more also about you know the story being told with the world and you know the virus within in that world and the kind mm-hmm. of breakup of society and all that stuff that is you know interesting in a completely different level outside of the game mechanics and i do think this game in particular felt very game mechanically and in a genre where it could arguably be criticized that occasionally it goes too far the other way where Mm -hmm. it's it is just about utter synesthesia and not a lot else like how much can we put on screen at once Mm -hmm. the player to be overwhelmed and so i think when the games get the you know both those elements put together it's far more interesting so it sounds like i missed that one element that i I tend to look at games more for than the pure base mechanics um so yeah i'm 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 really annoyed myself that i you know i just assumed that it was just a a continuation of a Mm. Mm -hmm. enjoy yourself level yeah it's still there you can go back to it it is i will (laughs) after the show i'm off to play eye of the duck (laughs) Uh, but that will be too late uh but i enjoyed it i'm gonna tell you now Mm. i I really Mm. did Uh, (laughs) and one of those points is actually um you can't criticize obviously the game for not having vr support when vr support wasn't a thing yeah but um you know playing through diet 
in 2019 and you know certainly on on the playstation platform where you know psvr has been a thing for you know mm-hmm. two or three years now um and games similar to it and polybius being one of them um yeah thumper, have, yeah. Yeah, yeah, thumper of, 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 you know rares and all that all those ones mm-hmm. that have you know for me that they they take a whole nother dimension um again from you know the flat plane you know, from you being mm-hmm. within inside these these games i'd really like to seen a patch for dyad come out for, for i mean maybe it would have helped more more copies sold in the modern yeah. era yeah um just seeing a vr patch come out for it because I, I think the that game is you know the fact that you're in a cylindrical tunnel just absolutely lends itself for you to be there and 3d elements coming yep. towards your your face i mean it might be a bit much <laughs> so I Bolivius occasionally was mm-hmm. but um, I'd be fascinated because I think it would really add uh, a whole other element yeah. um, to diet so yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I understand the reasons why it probably hasn't happened but at the same time I'd, I'd love to see <laughs> yeah. I've, got it. I've got what they can do Eye of the Duck VR three quid on its own just put it on a store there you go yeah just do it. There you go. I know you're listening because who else is talking about died in 2019? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that's really rude. No, but yeah, um, I have the duck VR. Yeah. Get it on the store. No, I don't. Yeah, just do it. Yeah, I know. I know he's. Um, I know when it came out. You know, Vito. Vito was, um, not necessarily the, the most popular thing in the world, but he was trying to to make a Vita version of it, and it didn't pan out. Um, mm. Yeah, he wanted it to be 1080 or, you know, 60 frames yeah, a yeah. second. And, and, and it would have been, I can't imagine playing this in anything less than 60. Um, mm. But yeah, so like, yeah, man, a VR version would have been outstanding. And I, I, I don't know if he's on some kind of hiatus right now or what. Um, yeah, it's just looking around the web. I mean, he, he's not done huge amounts yeah, since. Yeah, and++ um, was really the last thing he, like, commercially worked on. I know he, for a mm. while he was trying to make a MOBA on his own, which I'm sure would have been maddening to try and, you know, one person yeah. making it something like a MOBA, which must have oh, been God, crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't know, you know, it'd be, it'd be, but it would be great. I mean, put it even on the switch. If you got, you know, <laughs> just, just, just bringing it to current platforms would be, you know, I of course have no idea how expensive this kind of stuff is or how, how, you know, much that thing, something like that costs, but it just, it, it would certainly, I think, but, benefit more from these days. Imagine, yeah, I imagine some people would get a kick out of watching this on Twitch. You know, like it's just a totally different environment now. That I think mm. um, this game. I, could I guess find a didn't new um, Sony have a hand, obviously, with a little bit of funding. Yeah, right? yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I mentioned earlier the pub fund thing. Yeah, yeah. So, so I take it that there's a limitation to that. I mean, maybe there's a statue oh, of time. I'm sure. Yeah. The limitation to come up, or maybe it's just a case of, you know, which I always like when publishers just say look okay well nothing's happening with this property and there is an opportunity for this to be seen by more people and it's, it's not like you know it's selling more playstation 3s is it it's you know, right it's kind yeah of, <laughs> it's been and kind of done its round so yeah even just to have it suddenly come out for you know the xbox platform and, you yeah so mm-hmm. as a you know, an indie title just because I, I do think um there's there's room for a game like this in a modern um mm-hmm. Landscape. I th- I think there maybe might you know you could do a director's cut or whatever just to to tighten up some of those gameplay elements and, mm-hmm. and maybe make Eye of the Duck a bit more obvious that you should be playing. <laughs> finishing it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I I do think yeah there there is the opportunity for a game like this. I I think visually it still does really hold up really really quite yeah. well and I think gameplay yeah. wise there's something interesting to be had there. And even yeah. if he did add one or two 
more elements to the mm-hmm. structure of the game and you know, I don't know, add another 30 levels or whatever, you know, makes, yeah. you, makes you feel like, you know what, <laughs> seven, eight years down the line, there's a whole bunch of more elements that would have been interested in, maybe even a Dia 2 um, yeah. becomes a reality. And yeah, add some VR support. We're not asking much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just remake the game, please, and put it. Just do it. <laughs> but that, but you know, that's, there's plenty of games I, I would have played from around that era that I'd yeah like, yeah no like it it it, plug back in it was own. a game of its era and it was, it was fine and you know, it's, mm-hmm. the, you know it, it doesn't need to, to have it. and how many remakes have we you know have we seen of re-releases of stuff that you, yeah. yeah no you know that and yeah, oddly that enough i feel it. like i feel like indie games are the ones that kind of make it you know they, they still they still kind of hold up i think more so than the big triple a's of that mm. era you know you look at something like even the first uncharted looks pretty rough these days but you know a couple of years later dia comes out and now if you play that in 2019 you're still like oh man dia still looks pretty rad you know so, and something like fez or, or any of the you know indie games we've mentioned so far just they all seem to hold up pretty well yeah well, i think that's a good time to probably um you know start to wrap up our own yeah. own thoughts oh wait unfortunately we had one three-word review um but i kind of expected that i expected you know I know not many people played this game, but I appreciate that Simon Sloth gave us one, and it just says fast, too fast. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. So I think it's probably about time for us to wrap up our um, thoughts on Dyad. So um, Darren, would you like to go first? Yeah, man. Uh, so Dyad uh, is a is an odd game for me. It's it's not a genre I generally uh approach <laughs> at all really because every time i look at these kind of games i just think nah you're right i'll just uh, let this go i'll let all these weirdos who play these games play the shmups and all the other weird <laughs> games that i don't really like I, they, they can just go over there and i'll be over here playing my you know my platform games that have bears and birds and all that <laughs> but you know coming around to dyad in 2019 it's like it's such a I really love music, right? And if I didn't love video games more, music, I'd probably be on a music podcast, like analyzing music or something. Because, like, I just, I, me and like, just finding new music is just something else. Like, my brother sends me like recommendations for like this really obscure stuff, and you end up just falling down like a rabbit hole of just music. And mm. you're like, I haven't done that for years. And Dio kind of felt like that again. It was just like entering like a little otherworldly place just for a little bit. And while I didn't really excelling the mechanics of dyad I, I certainly come out the other side and you know ticked all the boxes and all the levels i was like oh okay i can't be that bad if i managed to see the other side but i think that generally speaks to the designer's kind of um self-awareness and that this game can be a bit visually overwhelming even though like i said before it doesn't go even though it looks like it it doesn't it knows how to restrain itself but you know they they offered the tro- the trophy challenges and even if you want to just chill out with the remix you can do so too so i feel like the game really knows what it is and what it's set out to do and i think it achieves it um whether i you know whether i like it or not or as a repeat experience probably not but i'm glad i went through it once for this podcast you know it was it was, it was time to do it and i'm glad i did so yeah um a worthwhile experience for me just probably not for the high score or chasing, but more for just like, just the sheer madness of it all. Yeah, I think you said something interesting there. Like, is is it a repeat experience? And I think that's probably where for me it, it falls down a little bit. Um, I haven't got into the trophy chasing as of yet, so maybe you know, th- th- that's of my own fault. But I never quite the mechanics and the elements of music and and all those bits never quite gelled as one for me. 
So I always felt like there was just something missing in my um, connection with the game. Not that it was pushed me away, but just there was a layer there that never quite in the way that something like Thumper got me, where I was just so ingrained in the experience that you know, if somebody tapped me on the shoulder, I would jump out my my seat and <laughs> my seat and scream because I was so focused on the screen. I, I was still kind of visually aware of not only what's going on in the game, but you know, the rest of the room around me. So I felt like at, at times I was being maybe just a little arm's length away. Although you know, I I do want to see the final level again. Um, but that's not to say that I didn't have a huge amount of fun with this game. Um, the score chasing for me really added a, a fun element. Just thinking I could actually beat Sean on one or two levels in a game that he, you know, he's talked about for the last seven, eight years, um, and and actually achieving it on one or two levels and being yeah, like fist bumping. That's kind of kind of cool. So there is an element there of like I understood where Sean was coming from. Um, one of the disappointments is to see obviously the drop off of players towards the back end of the game. Um, Maybe I shouldn't care so much because it's a you know a game from 2013 and it's done what it's done. But you know there is that oh like nobody got to see this stuff. There are only a few thousand people mm. stuck with this, and and that's always a shame. Um, yeah, I you know what I still really enjoyed it, and actually it proves a game with just good game designs, you know, really good uh, an artistic vision to it. Play it brand new. I had to buy it for for this show in in 2019. And it felt like a, a current modern day release. Um, so you know, to me, that's a, a big thumbs up um, that it can still do that in, in 2019. Um, so, yeah, I, I enjoyed it, if not loved it. Now, Sean, you know, we got you back out of retirement. <laughs> <laughs> Found you in the deepest, darkest part of America. Uh, we were worried for your safety, but <laughs> we found you and you finally got to, you know, Live the dream and talk yeah. about Dyad yep. and Kane. I can, no, I can, it can no longer be a joke exactly. amongst our team. Yeah, but I'm I can glad die happy now. You can't don't die um, <laughs> <laughs> for us. But now you can finally put this. We can finally put this to the rest. And yeah, I'm yeah. glad, and I'm sad that uh, Leon couldn't get uh, yeah. to be on the show as well because Same. I know Leon has had a fun experience playing this game, and I think all of us have had a fun experience playing this game. And it's thanks to you know you wanting to put this thing forward and kind of mm. having that jokey banter uh, as we do in our discord um so yeah, uh, yeah so your uh, your final summary of uh, yeah. the diet yeah no I'm, I'm uh first off thanks for having me back it's uh you know like you said it's been a while um and i'm 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 i'm, I'm happy if nothing else that someone else has played this game that i actually talked to <laughs> um you know i i've i've, I've spoken on, on forums with people and some people on twitter that i i know have uh, completed it and just been like, man, can you imagine if more people played this and, 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 and we can all kind of experience this together. And, and, you know, of course that's not going to happen with every game, you know? Um, but I was just, I don't know, this game really, um, surprised me. You know, we, we kind of missed, uh, the histories, uh, uh, but you know, I've, I just kind of randomly saw this on like the PlayStation blog when it came out or when it was first announced, and I was like, ah, oh, it seems kind of interesting. And then, it, and then, just to kind of follow its trajectory up until uh, release, and then even up to now, like it's still, it's like in my top, I don't know, my top ten or something like that. It's just, it's a really uh, special game for me, only because it, it took me, it took my brain. This is such a pretentious thing to say, but it's, it took my, it took my brain and my consciousness into into different areas that most games don't do. 
and um you know i i don't i don't do drugs but i imagine that's kind of what that's like um for for I, I should say that's what the more positive one effects are uh don't do drugs um but uh, you know I, I don't know it just it just um it took me into areas that i uh did not expect you know for for a tunnel racing game um you know i got i got into that flow state and score chasing and trophy chasing and it was just a once in a lifetime kind of experience for me and i hope that you know i i I'm sure that this will be one of the least downloaded uh, podcasts of, of the Canaan Rinse backlog, uh, but I hope that if, if people did listen to this, um, give it a chance. It's very possible that you already have a copy if you had a PlayStation 3 back when this came out. Um, you, you might have a PS Plus copy. You might, like Darren, you might, have, you might just find that you actually have a Steam copy because you got it in a <laughs> humble bundle at some point. Um, but I just, I, I hope more people give this game a chance, uh, even if we never see anything more of it again. And thanks again for having me on. I appreciate it. Oh, you are, you know, we we don't make episodes worrying about how many people will download. Yeah, we make I know, episodes I know. based on yeah. what games we want to talk about and yeah. cover for Kano yeah. Rings. Uh, and it's the best way because if you get caught up with that stuff, you'd have nothing but I don't know, Call of Duty. It's nothing. That they don't yeah, call that's of true. <laughs> but you know, and actually, from a modern well, point, that's, that's the other thing, man. When you guys, off, yeah. you know, in four years, when you guys finally get around to Modern Warfare Four, give me a call. <laughs> We do. We got to cover. Yeah, I know. Two, three. (laughs) But no, it's so. It's um. Yeah, I'm I'm glad we done it. Yeah. Uh, So it remains for me to thank Darren, Sean, as well as our correspondents, editor Jay, plus of course you for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. And to get every Cane and Rinse podcast one week earlier. And more often than not, in an extended edition beyond the two hours for our free-for-all version, as well as exclusive monthly podcasts, remember you can join up to our Patreon feed, which can be found at patreon.com forward slash rinse. Next time, we soar to the skies via stacks of steam in Pilot Wings 64.